Welcome to the DSEF. The Direct Selling Executives Forum was created to be a place where real direct selling executives and vendors in the space can come out and share solutions to challenges that face us all in the marketplace. Our guest today is going to be unpacking a topic and sharing their raw thoughts for you to learn from. All right, let's go meet our guest. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Direct Selling Executives Forum's next installment in the Women in Leadership series. Today, we're going to be unpacking what do field leaders look for in a startup. And as you've been asking your questions in the panel and asking your questions in the forum, we were thinking through, you know, who should we invite on to talk about this? And how should we have this conversation? And I'm very excited to bring Anita out today as we walk through her story. Uh, Omar will be hosting and as he has been this season. Uh, but before we get started, if you're new to the forum or if you're listening on the podcast for the first time, know that the DSEF is a free invite-only forum for direct selling executives that are active in the space. It's most active on LinkedIn. So you can go to directsellingexecutivesforum.com or go to LinkedIn and search for Direct Selling Executives Forum and to receive an invite. So today, as we unpack the topic, who is Anita? Well, Anita Westlake is a founding stylist and presidential circle team member and gold executive leader with Color Street. Yes, that one that you're seeing all over your social media channel, the ladies with the gorgeous nails. Yep, that's probably Anita and people from her team that are putting that in your feed, everybody. She just returned uh, from a home trip where she earned being in the top 40 in sales in June. So she's one of the top producers. Recently recognized at their national conference for being top in sales in Arizona, 2022 to 23. With over 13 million in team sales and 140,000 in lifetime sales she's earned each company incentive trip since inception and all the invitations to the annual leadership trainings. She started in direct sales in 1994 for cell phones and social media while raising her two boys. Anita, thank you so much uh, for being here with us today. I just love your story. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been, you know, it's been a journey for sure. Um, some hobby stylist, you know, being in the business industry for so long and then other times working it like right now and working yeah. it as a full-time income. And, it, and it's amazing because people, you know, everyone who's listening to the DSEF wants lots of Anita Westlakes on their team. Like that's what they want at the end of the day. They're like, oh my gosh, we want you on your team. And so it's, it's such a gift to have you here today because you're, you're not someone who's just saying, oh yeah, I did it really great in the 80s and I've just moved this team from company to company since. Like you recently just built this group. And so there's many companies that are, that are not at the, even at 5,000 active sales reps that listen in these shows. They're just getting started. They're brand new. And they're trying to figure out like, what did the Anita Westlakes of this world even look for in a direct selling company? And so with that, I'm going to go ahead and pass it to Omar and we're going to get the show started today. So Omar, let's bring it over to you. You got the questions in the panel. The show's yours. Thank you, Ben. Welcome, Anita. Thank you very much for joining us today uh, on our DSEF show. Uh, the first question I have for you is uh, you started at the, the beginning of the Color Street launch uh, as the uh, founding distributor. Looking back, on the entire experience, what would you invite any, the executives listening to the panel to keep in mind when starting their own referral marketing companies? Mm. Yeah, um, yeah, good question, huh? <laughs> um, there's like there's so many things to look for, but once your business established and so forth, listen to your field, listen to your leaders. They mm. do know what. Um, the customers want, they know what their um, team wants, and they do have a lot of good input. So listening is my number one thing um, on my list for sure. And having a corporate team that is familiar with direct sales 
is really key. And, you know, it, we are different than retail. As you, you know, start to develop your product, you, you want to know someone who's kind of familiar with that. And then as you go in and, of course, put together your compensation plan and so forth, um, definitely go to the field that knows, go to people with direct sales experience and um, be transparent. We know there are growing pains. One of the beauties of being part of a startup company is being one of the first, right? But one of the hardest things about being part of a, part of a startup company is it's startup. And we know there are going to be bumps along the road and be transparent with that. Just be real. That is so good. I, I got to just ask, because the, the first one you let off with, Anita, is something that people on the other side, on the corporate side, argue about constantly. So you said, listen to your field and your leaders. How should they listen? This is a question <laughs> we get asked all the time. So how how should they listen to the field into the leaders. Like what's the, what's the framework for that or the mechanism for that? Like, are you a fan of the field leadership boards or, or just help tickets that go in and a random QA call that happens each week by the executive staff? Like walk, there's a lot of people hear that people are going to listen to what you just said there and say, well, I'm listening. They can just put in a ticket to support, you know, and that's not what you're saying. So I, I want to just give you a moment to flush that one out a little bit more for everybody. Okay. Okay, sure. Um, so listening is we want to be heard. We want to be validated and submitting a ticket to customer service just doesn't quite cut it. When, you, when you're going through stuff, I just feel like asking for our input before something is implemented is huge. Mm. And that via a meeting with your your top leaders, of course, um, if, too many cooks in the kitchen, we know that's not good either, but you need to be open to opinions and, you know, let us know, let, let your sellers know, let your leaders know what you're going to implement. And because we've got the questions that we know our team is going to ask or, and we want you to be ready for to be able to answer these, like all of the little details that maybe aren't thought of in the implementing of whatever, a new promotion or an incentive and so forth. So let us ask the questions so the details are done before you implement. And it definitely a two-way communication thing with a, a meeting to just hash it all out. Submitting a ticket is just kind of... Huge benefit. <laughs> What I need to say, though, yeah. think about all the things as a corporate team we miss when we're about to do a promotion or a campaign or a trip or a change. And by having a small setting to just bounce what you think is the plan off of into your field, you might be able to head off all this pain before it even happens by saying, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, we that's too confusing. We should simplify that. Or, oh, man, when we put this out there, we need to have a answers to the top 10 questions with it, uh, sent out with it. Like that's just gold when I needed to share there. If you want to talk about removing friction, there's a, a line we share in direct sales all the times that says a confused mind does nothing. And when you have a volunteer army of direct sellers out there just for fun, promoting you because they can do lots of things to make money, but they're promoting you because it's fun and because they like it, you don't want to confuse them because the confused mind does nothing. There's some green personality. We think of different colors of personalities, right? Real analytical types that do listen to the show. So they're asking, well, so how do I pick who's going to be on this leadership board? That's that's what they're asking while we're all sitting here on here. So what what would you say is like a fair act of way? It's not Congress, like are we voting for people? Like how do we how do we pick who 
shows up on is it who hits the ranks first? How do we get the how do we get the right people on that board um, to be in that distributor leadership board that would see this kind of stuff? For this level of feedback and working directly with corporate, it needs to be based, in my opinion, based on rank, based on performance, based on doing the job. Yeah. And uh, sometimes we have these, we say, we're, are you a working leader or are you a leader that came upon a team? And you know, you're working <laughs> leaders, you know, it, 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 it happens. It happens. And um, I feel like there's not a time really to stop working and building and growing your business. Even when you hit um, the leadership, you're still should be working and plugged in. So it's that type for this. Now, if you want to do an advisory board later, you, you know, rank doesn't matter, but performance does. And you can dig more into that as well. Um, if you want to do like specific committees, but for this general sure. starting your company, your top salespeople. I agree. Back to you, Omar. Uh, such a great insight. Thank you, uh, uh, both of you. Uh, my second question is, what pitfalls and challenges did you experience uh, that you would invite others to avoid? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. It's like, oh, all of the thoughts of that. Huh? Um, well, like I said at the beginning, you know, when you start with a startup company, it's everyone's new. Everyone's still trying to figure things out. And it goes fast. At least it did for us. It went very, very quick. And it was just like just a really surreal moment being part of that. And I was able to earn my spot to the leadership team by performance. Like we just talked about a little bit. And we started with, like, I started at launch with 19 members and we grew like super fast. We, I promoted a leadership level every month for the first, until I hit my rank that I'm at right now. So that was just continuously month after month after month of doing that and you grow fast and you've got this team and you're not sure what to do with it. Um, <laughs> and I didn't have any team leadership experience before this. So mm. I feel like, you know, there was a lot of just testing the waters. And I feel like for me, it was really important to have good upline leadership support and then also um, outside coaching. So that was important to me to kind of help navigate through the just the ups and downs and the craziness of it and it doesn't stop at all now anita we've had two separate speakers on the on the one last season and one this season unpack corporate coaching and so i know there's more pitfalls we'll get to but but we're just as a quick segue was that for for you was coaching from internal at color street or was it outside of color street to help you when you got to that level because i know you're one of the few companies who does offer coaching as a team right yeah. so at the beginning we didn't have yeah. that yeah so that's a good question yeah so yeah. it was definitely outside coaching sure. and now we are really fortunate to have um, field development managers and um, we can lean internally now for help and so forth so it's important for the other executives to hear that is some of you have gone to the marketplace and you haven't made a decision about that yet and so sometimes if you don't fill that gap, which they didn't in the beginning at Color Street, this is something we can all learn from as a pit bull, right? Outside coaches was the only resource someone like a great leader like Anita who grew fast could go to to get the resources she needed. And praise God that that outside coach kept Anita at Color Street and didn't have some weird ulterior motives to drag her off to whatever direct sales company he or she was promoting, right? There's all kinds of weird stuff that can happen when you work with 
outside coaching versus inside coaching. And so there's wisdom in having an inside coaching team. And there's wisdom in having an inside coaching department or a vendor that comes in and coaches in, internally and keeps it on your, your cause, which is what Color Street does today. And so it's just an important one to highlight for everyone. Yeah. But back to back yeah, to that. I didn't they want to interrupt you, but it's it's a valuable one for people to catch. I think a lot of executives miss that part, Anita. And then it then they're like, oh, what what happened to my, you know, my mid-level leadership that's that's leaving, you know, or or something strange is happening there. Sometimes it's the lack of 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 the mentor coaching part for some of the skills they feel they lack. Yeah, there's just so many different, yeah, levels of stylists. That's what we are, our distributors in a company. You've got the ones that want to be hobby, the ones that are trying to grow, just haven't learned the personal development yet and just really need to work a lot on here before they, uh, you know, on their um, personal development before they can really get out there and really make things big things happen in the field. So training is more than just how to sell your product. It's um, training your, you know, you personally with your development, your mindset as well. Agreed. I always, I always loved Jerry Clark's uh, example. So when I was a rep in the space, almost, gosh, this is 16 years ago, I would put this CD in my car on repeat. I don't know if you guys still listen to CDs in your car. That's how old that was, I still had a tape deck too, but um, I would listen to it and it was the story of Murphy's Jungle and it was the how Murphy's Law is going to come and get you on your path to success. But in there, you talked about the success triangle and it was just what Anita just said. The success triangle says that we all think we need the, te- the TK, the technical knowledge of how to do this business to be successful. And as many times as a corporate team, that's what you think you need to give to your field. People like Anita say, okay, here's how you show the nails. Here's how you do the demo. Here's how you wrap it on their finger so it looks nice. And you think that, oh yeah, if we showed them that, then they'd be able to do this business. But the success triangle says there's then the internal communication, what they believe about themselves, what they believe is even possible for themselves. And then the external communication, what they believe about others. What do they believe about the marketplace? And 80% of success, and Jerry always says, is in the internal communication and the external communication, not the TK, not the technical knowledge. And so you got to look at your balance of what types of training you're providing. Are you allowing people to see what's possible for themselves, where their internal communication of what's possible for me can grow because it needs to grow if you want them to expand and their external communication, what they believe about others. Are you doing anything to upgrade what they believe about others? It's an incredible thought, Anita. And, and it's, it's real as you can attest to it. So that's another pitfall gang, just teaching technical knowledge and forgetting about internal, external communication, what we call personal development training in the space. Yeah. Any other? It is. Yeah. Other pitfalls. Yeah. Sure. I was thinking, looking back at what we did, those of us in the, um, not everybody, but you know, we're really creative. We're um, entrepreneurial and maybe doing the same thing again and again is boring. And mm-hmm. we really need to remember though, not to recreate the wheel to keep things simple. And, you know, it's, you know, it's book, sell, repeat. And, um, and or recruit, you know, sell, repeat, and so forth. And so we maybe want to make it too complicated. Like you said, you know, what was it? The confused mind is, what was that thing? Yeah, it does nothing. Confused mind does nothing. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. Right. So keeping it a little bit more simple. That's a great thought. Great thought. Great thought. Mm-hmm. Great insight. Thank you, Anita. My last question is going to be the role of the corporate team. As we have seen, you know, uh, over the years, it has been changed uh, dramatically. What do you see 
the primary role of the corporate team to be at this time? I like that question too, because and it has changed. Mm-hmm. And I know sometimes um, change is a little bit difficult for people, but when change does happen, you know, as you guys are developing your um, companies and so forth, sometimes, you know, they would remind us as leaders to put on our leader hat and think of, you know, the whole greater good of the company, the future of the company. And one thing is to lead, lead us, have that open communication with the leaders. Like we talked about at the beginning, keep that going, keep the meetings going and, and coaching your upper leaders so you know they can help um, their team grow and train at all different levels, the hobby stylist, the brand new stylist, and again, into leadership. Keep that training going. Mm. Stay innovative. Keep up with the current trends of not even the product trends. Of course, that's important in my industry, but also the trends in selling, the trends in marketing and have your marketing department be aware of what's new and train on what's new, but also cater to, you know, the changes in social media because, you know, so many people work their business solely in social media, um, direct sales um, industry. So keep up with that and then help your people keep up with that. Mm-hmm. Be prepared to adjust. <laughs> right plan a plan b c d if there's a problem with manufacturing printing technology always have a plan b c d in place what i love about what you're sharing you there's two big ones that i want to just unpack further that you just shared in training you, you you made a big differentiation both earlier and in your last comment about hey we're not all the same we don't all have the same goals some of us this is a hobby we do this for fun so we don't have to think about chasing our kids and changing diapers for a little while. And we can go have fun and have a little sidekick. Others of us are more serious, right? We're doing this thing because we're like, you know what? I want to make some money just to not have to go get a part-time job or not have to do it. It's, it's a little bit more than a hobby. It's, yeah, I want to pay for my car payment. I want to live in the Midwest in some of these lower cost, you know, if you live in Indiana, right? I want to pay for my home mortgage because it's your property taxes are only 600 bucks a year. You know, there's there's lower lower costs of living in different parts of this country, right? Depends. People's goals change where they live. And then you talk about these leaders. And I love that because not everybody's the same. Not everybody has the same intention. And when you only speak to one of those groups the whole time, you miss out on what you could do with the other two groups. And so that's a powerful thought for just a, an awareness for everyone on the line. Some of you are like, Ben, I already think that way. Got it. But for those of you that, that are not yet thinking about the different avatars of stylists or ambassadors or promoters or affiliates that are promoting your company, you need to unpack that person and say, how are they going to thrive in what we do and not be annoyed, but be pushed and, and want to grow it? And you need to think about their journeys. Uh, we had a really great session uh, we filmed earlier with Ben Robinson. If you go to our Spotify playlist or the YouTube playlist, uh, where we unpack crafting distributor journeys, he, he unpacked that for 40 minutes. So so if you would like to unpack that further, go check out our other uh, recording we did on that. Second thing you talked about, Anita, that's really important is you talked about how the marketing company from corporate is now responsible, not just for training, but for the assets that you're going to share on social media and share on TikTok and to make videos, you know, where you're going to, maybe you're going to make your own reaction video to a video of a gal putting the nails on, you know, and that was made by corporate, the one you're reacting to. And that was not corporate's job just a few years ago. 
like just a few years ago, they said training, that's the field. Training assets, making shareable assets, that's, that's the field. Maybe they made one opportunity video a year or every two years that you were supposed to show on your laptop or show on a website to people when you present it. But all the shareable content to create curiosity and start conversations, well, that's the field's job. And there are a few executives that are listening to this podcast that still believe that's how the world works and are missing the boat. And they're they're in compliance trouble. They're they're not modeling appropriate behavior for their members so that they're not they're not winning. And I love that you shared that because I see that as a key too today is that it is expected, gang, that you as the corporate team are going to go produce the compliant content people should share and you're going to model appropriate behavior for the members. And you'll do that well and relevantly by honoring what Anita said, listening to the field as, as one part. You need a board of listening, but you also have to be proactively out there using systems and platforms to track what the field's actually doing or not doing and what's working, what's not working so you can help it get better. Mm -hmm. Powerful. Yeah. And that's actually the next one. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. You. Um, yeah. yeah. That's the next one is evaluate. You know, you want to plan, execute, and measure and just keep going back. How, what went well, what didn't go well that, you know, you should be doing that and everything we implement too, as a distributor or a stylist, we, you know, go back and evaluate. I love your picture. I always, I tell people, I use a different analogy. I say it's a garden, right? So you water it and then you weed it and then you harvest it and then you make it better, right? Sometimes in your in your garden, sometimes something doesn't work well. You got to move this plant from over here to over here to get more sunlight. Or sometimes there's a bunch of weeds coming in on this side and it's choking out the ability for the harvest, or maybe it needs some fertilizer, or maybe there's all kinds of different getting feedback and then tweaking. And these businesses are not like building a building. That that example of building a building is not a good example for a direct sales company. You got to hear what Anina just said, gang. It's not, oh, well, our foundation is built. So now we're going to build the next floor, the next floor. This is not your skyscraper to success because if you forget about that first floor, it will go away. And so the, you have to think about it like a garden. It's a much better picture. Like you got to go weed. You got to go water. Sometimes you got to fertilize. Sometimes you got to move this plant from over here to over here for it to do better. Sometimes you got to give it something it's not getting. And, and that's so good. So thank you so much for sharing that, Anita. I'm so happy you shared it because it is measure and repeat and, and it is, it is, it's, it is what the key is. And, and sometimes we, we, we miss opportunities because we're just not even living with awareness inside of it. Mm -hmm. As we wrap up today, we are just so grateful uh, to have you on the, on the line. Nina. Thank you for just coming out and sharing your experience. We, this is a rare opportunity to have someone who's in the field on our, on our show. And we are normally working with, you know, corporate executives who have, been on that side of the coin for you know two decades. We have one on this week for five five decades. So yeah, it's, people have been there a long time, and uh, you know this was really fun. And I know it was a treat to each of the listeners. Omar, thank you so much for hosting today. It was awesome to have you on. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Anita. Yeah. For for those of you as we go, for those of you that are brand new to DSEF, if you haven't yet subscribed, whether you're on Spotify or you're on YouTube watching the stream today, know that the best place to get all the news in the panel, even to submit for speakers and for questions, it's on LinkedIn. So you can subscribe on YouTube and Spotify to get the episodes. But uh, if you want to get the real stuff and the insight reports and everything else, definitely come in on LinkedIn. That's where you'll get involved. Well, have a very blessed day. We'll see you soon. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. You got it.
Bye for now, everybody. If you haven't yet joined the DSEF group on LinkedIn, go to directsellingexecutiveforum.com or go on LinkedIn and search for Direct Selling Executive Forum to apply. The group is free and is an invite-only community of direct selling executives by direct selling executives. Oh, 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 o